0: In a way, when it comes to the psychological side of things, our thinking is backwards. And because our thinking is backwards, or back to front, or upside down, we don't get the results that we hope to get. So a neat way to try to explain how come our thinking is backwards is by Talking about how we try to improve our situation or change our situation by taking away our own freedom. Now this, even when we say this, it doesn't sound like a great thing because how can taking away our freedom help anything? We need freedom just as much as we need oxygen and we start to choke if we don't get it. Now on one level it's true that we always have freedom and we could call this intrinsic freedom. It's in our very nature and so we can't be separated from it. But in day-to-day life we're not at all aware of the intrinsic side of things because we're focused on the extrinsic, the outward things the outer life, external matters, and in that way, we can often experience ourselves as lacking lacking freedom. So we lack freedom because we don't see that deep down. We actually are free all the time, which sounds a bit fanciful or new age. But we can explain it a bit better. We can go into it a bit better to make more sense of it. So one a good example of what I'm talking about here is how we use lack of freedom or how we actually take away our own freedom in an attempt to improve ourselves. And addictions is a really good um, example of this. So one example that's quite a common one, and I've heard people say it, I'm sure I've read it in a few books. Is that if I'm a smoker, I'm smoking cigarettes, and I want to give up cigarettes because it's horrendously expensive and bad for my health and all the rest of it. The way that I would normally go about this, almost inevitably go about this, is by taking away my freedom to smoke. So in effect, I'm saying to myself, I'm not allowed to smoke. But I would probably phrase this in terms of, I'm giving up smoking. I'm not going to smoke. My goal is to not smoke. And we would repeat this as a kind of affirmation. And maybe tell other people, I'm giving up the fags. That's it. And of course, it doesn't have to be cigarettes. It could be anything at all. But cigarettes is a good example. So this kind of business, at at the start of it, because I am being so emphatic and saying, that's it, I'm giving up the cigarettes, never again. There's a boost that goes with this, a euphoria, a feel-good factor. And as I think about it, I'll run around saying, yes, this is it. And I'll be feeling good. Almost as if I have given up cigarettes because I'm anticipating it. And on a deep level, I think that if I have enough determination and willpower, then I definitely will be able to give up. It's almost like a done deal. If I'm sure enough, then that in itself will create um, a situation where I'm not smoking. But Carl Jung calls this, or would call that, a convulsive effort of will. So, we, by ex- insisting, by expanding the energy, we create a feeling that we're going to succeed in whatever it is that we want to succeed in. But, of course, this phase where we run around being enthusiastic and telling ourselves and affirming to ourselves that we're going to give up whatever it is takes energy. And it's only got a limited life, life um, span. It wears out, in other words. Euphoria wears off. Euphoria always wears off. That's in the nature of euphoria. It it evaporates like dew in the morning on a summer's day. It's there, and it's gone within seconds. So we can't rely on it to complete the job, but what we can rely on it for is creating the, the pleasant illusion that... I'm going to complete the job. So an effort of will works well for a while, but then it backfires. Because anything I have to do as a result of an effort of will, even though will sounds good to us, and everyone always says, it's the willpower, it's the will. You just have to have the willpower. And people say, "Um, mind over matter, and lots of things like that. So culturally, we are predisposed to believing that this approach actually works. But practice shows that it doesn't work, and practice is the important thing, never mind what we all say, or what, and we are culturally predisposed to believe that clearly doesn't matter a damn. What, what matters a damn is what works and what doesn't work. And so whenever we try and change ourselves by willpower, that's great as long as the willpower lasts. But once we consider that anything I have to do, anything that I do out of willpower is effort, I have to force it to happen or force it not to happen in the case of smoking cigarettes. This is like, this is directly analogous to physical activity. I can run great for a while. But as time goes on, I get tired. I get more than tired. I get exhausted. My muscles refuse to work. I just can't reach a point where you can't go any further, no, no matter what we might like to say about um, mind over matter, that's just pure fantasy. Because we'll get tired if you have to hold your arms out with a couple of dictionaries balanced on them or resting on them, which is a good old-fashioned punishment for children. I don't imagine they're allowed to do it anymore, but they sure as hell used to. Then it's fine, but your arms get tired quite soon, surprisingly soon, and they start to shake, and in the end you just can't do it. doesn't matter how much willpower you have, it doesn't matter how frightened you are of being belted by the teacher or the ruler. So the point I'm coming to, or trying to make, is that anything that involves force has a lifetime, because I can only force for so long. And then because the thing is only happening, because the thing is only working because I'm forcing it. As soon as I run out of energy to force it, it's going to go back on me. Like a car that I'm pushing up a hill. When I run out of energy, it's going to go backwards and it's going to run me over if I'm not careful. So this effort of will, this convulsive effort of will business, isn't so great after all. It has to be able to happen by itself. Just as everything about us, if I'm happy, That has to happen by itself. It's no good me talking myself into being happy. It's no good myself talking myself up by making all the affirmations and saying all the good things. That's forcing. So if my happiness is dependent upon forcing, it's going to come to an end. And even when I am able to force, that happiness is not genuine happiness. It's a fake. It's a phony. And we know that because genuine happiness does not need to be Forced. it doesn't need to be coerced or brought into being via doing this trick or that trick or that hack or this hack. So our entire language which we have taken to so um, happily shows and um, the degree to which we've, em- we've embraced this error that finding a trick, finding a clever way of getting things to be a way that they wouldn't be unless we cleverly manipulated them it's all about the optics, it's all about how it sounds, how it feels for the first short period. In the long term it does not work, but we don't care about that because that's kind of, what could we say? It's a bit of a downer, it's a bit depressing, you don't want to think about that. After all, isn't it important that we stay positive? And staying positive is forcing. You wouldn't need to worry about all that crap if you're already happy if you have to force yourself to be optimistic or look at things in a good way it's because you aren't as simple as that so all positive thinking all effort to improve ourselves is merely coming out of out of the fact that we are unhappy with ourselves the way that we are we can't stand ourselves the way that we are we really really want to change and of course, that's understandable enough. If I'm smoking three packets of fags a day, I want to change. It's true, I do. Um, or at least one half of me does. But what happens when I rashly say to myself, I'm not going to smoke, I'm not allowed to smoke. Actually, what I've done there, I've taken away my freedom to smoke. Obviously, I've taken away, it's not allowed, it's a, it's a rule against it. The rule says you must not smoke. It's like him. Um, Moses' commandments on the, tab- on the tablet. Thou shalt not. So I'm saying to myself, thou shalt not. But it's, out of removing my freedom to smoke does not come um, an end to my addiction because that is a forcing. I have to force myself every time I want a cigarette. I have to force myself not to think about it. So I'm forcing everything. My life becomes forcing. It's the same with drink. I end up forcing myself to think the right thoughts and to stay, stay sober and keep thinking the sobriety thoughts and not letting let the alcoholic thoughts or the addiction thoughts come in. That's pure hard work. It's pure effort. It's artificial. That's not happening by itself. And of course, we imagine that if we do it long enough, then it, the process will become self-sustaining, that it will become natural, spontaneous, but it doesn't. Because the more I force, the less I'm able to um, rely on spontaneity. The more I take over the job of a spontaneous process, the the less likely it is that that spontaneity is going to cut in again, because I've actually replaced it with directed behavior, with forcing. And as adults, we all do that. We all do what we don't do, and what we all do, what we don't want to do, and we all stop ourselves doing what we do want to do and we end up forcing for so long that we quite forget how to be spontaneous that the root of spontaneity the rhizome of spontaneity withdraws deep under the topsoil and so if we stop forcing as is well known, we all know this if we stop forcing then nothing happens It's like dead, nothing so then I think, oh I've got to force myself so then I'm trapped in the world of forcing Which doesn't end in a good place but that's kind of how we understand that things should work which is basically the same as fake it till you make it faking it is not a good psychological um, thing to do i mean don't we spend our whole lives faking all sorts of things we fake so much we don't even know who we are anymore or what we want We lose sight of that original spontaneous self by forcing too much, by trying to fit in to what we think we ought to be. So the other approach, instead of taking away my freedom and saying, thou shalt not smoke, or I'm not allowed to smoke, is to say, well, I can smoke. I have the freedom to smoke. If I want to, I can have a cigarette. But maybe I don't want to, maybe I don't have to. So it's left open and there's no forcing there at all. And so what I'm doing then, I'm giving myself the freedom to do all these things. But just because I'm giving myself the freedom to do them, doesn't mean that I am going to do them. I'm infinitely more likely to do the thing that I've taken, my, taken away my freedom to do by taking away that freedom. That guarantees I'm going to do it. If I give myself the freedom to do it, well, I will do it sometimes. Maybe sometimes I won't.